Hello, this is Dan Chagru, and welcome to the More Art Than Science podcast, where I explore the relationship between art and commerce by talking to artists, presenters, and performers about how they got their start and how they make ends meet. Welcome to episode 16, where I interview the great Dutch guitarist and favorite of the Boston classical guitar scene, Dr. Robert Beckers. I met Robert about eight years ago when he became my first classical guitar teacher after spending a lifetime to that point playing rock guitar. Robert was a tough teacher. He assumed that I should and would know the classical guitar canon and spared me no patience when I would meet his mentions of great composers like Barrios and Villalobos with blank stares. As one of my lessons with him wound down and he was packing up to go, I distinctly remember him questioning, do you know Villalobos? I shook my head, no, and he simply said, well, you should, bowed his head, and then snapped up his guitar case and was gone. He was right. I should have known, and I worked harder to both learn about and eventually play via Lobos. Robert works hard and expects effort and hard work from those around him. Robert is also, I would later learn, a fun guy. He has a taste for strong drinks, both coffee and whiskey. We indulged in the former when he was my teacher, and now occasionally, though not nearly often enough, in the latter as friends. At URI Guitar Fest 2021, he was great company as we drove to the various performances scattered around and off campus, challenging ourselves to find venues without the help of the readily available GPS, something I haven't done in a while and helped me rediscover after 20 months of just getting by in a pandemic that it can be fun to challenge myself. Robert also expects much of himself. When he decided he wanted to play guitar but didn't have the means to buy one, he built one himself. He put himself through undergraduate and then a master's degree in performance and teaching in Holland, and eventually earned a PhD from the New England Conservatory under Elliot Fisk. Over his career, he's performed internationally, and more recently, I've been lucky to see him play several times in the Boston area. He has a hard-charging, aggressive playing style. His playing is louder than many classical guitarists I've seen, and I appreciate the sense of attack that he brings to his performances. It was my pleasure to interview him in between performances at this year's University of Rhode Island Guitar Fest. And a quick note for our out-of-state listeners, when Robert refers to the T, he is referring to the subway system in Boston. Robert Beckers, welcome to the University of Rhode Island Guitar Fest. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Would love to hear a little bit about young Robert Beckers growing up uh, in the Netherlands. Um, what was your first, and how did you first become interested in music? I was given a general music classes at the age of five, which lasted about a year, and we did games with rhythm sticks and uh, we listened to music. And it was very little understanding in me. It was just a lot of fun mostly. Yep. And then I did recorder for a year and. Um, I remember that teacher because he was a, a strange teacher for many kids. He was not popular, but I remember him taking out the accordion and play for us. And he became my hero. Ah. Uh, after that, I uh, went to do uh, French horn. I did it for three years. I really liked the French horn. I really enjoyed sitting there making those sounds of that instrument. Um, and I had lessons with two other kids who played trumpet. So we would basically either do individual parts or play something together. And uh, those kids would always tell me, ah, you know, trumpet's much cooler. So you have to play trumpet. I was eight, right? So yeah, I believed them. <laughs> and uh, then we moved and uh, I gave up that training and I wanted to continue um, with the horn. But then I remembered what these kids told me. I said, 
So I said, like, how about I do trumpet instead? So I got this teacher, he gave me a trumpet, and um, they, somehow it didn't click. And I remember I would show up for lessons, and his wife would open the door, and he said, uh, he's not here, but he'll call you. He would never call. So I would show up a few weeks later, and then with lessons again. Happened several times, it was the strangest thing. And <laughs> one day I just walked up to his door and said, here's the trumpet, I'm done. Yeah. And anyway, trumpet was, wasn't really for me. Yeah. For some reason, the, the horn was already better, but I already had this um, love for the guitar. Yeah. I had an uncle who lived with us when I was young, and um, he was my, mother, my mom's younger brother, mm -hmm. and he would be in bed until like the afternoon, right? And we would sneak into his room, look at him, and he had this guitar on the corner, and he had just this fascination with, uh, we had a fascination with him and how he approached life. And he had a moped, he would take us around the village on a moped, mm. He was a hero, right? Mm -hmm. And he played guitar. Um, so after the horn, um, I decided I wanted to do what I really wanted to do, and that's guitar. Um, but my parents had something well done with music education now. <laughs> so I said, well, I want to play guitar. So I built one. Oh, wow. I was 12 years old, I built my first guitar. My dad helped me, luckily, because he's a carpenter, so... Ah, okay. We had the tools, and he had the knowledge, or yeah. at least how to work with, not so much how to build a guitar. Had he made an instrument before? No, no. So, so I would go to uh, music shops and check out guitars and just take measurements and look at them and like, oh, this is how that. And I went to the local library, got every book about guitars that I could find. Every single book was like a three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a small library. Three of them. Yes, okay. Yeah. yeah. But still, so where did you source the wood from? I mean, oh, my dad had wood because okay. he's a carpenter, so he. Uh, yeah, but he's got like lumber. No, I mean like two by fours. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. So you, you, so you weren't like ordering Brazilian rosewood or uh, no, just no. I forgot. I wood, yeah. remember the um, uh, what's it? I'm not sure about the English word. I think it's buck or mm -hmm. peak beechwood. Beechwood, okay. The light sense. brown with the small little darker brown spots. Yeah, uh, it's sometimes used for uh, cutting boards. It's um, well, that's what I used for the neck anyway. Okay, and then for the the. the I forgot what I used for the fretboard, but yeah. something else, yeah. dark, something dark. Yeah, <laughs> that's how much I remember. And 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 you once you strung it up, did it did, did it stay in tune? Did oh, you by know, the time, know whether or not? Yeah, by the time I was ready to string it up, I was out of money, so <laughs> I had to find uh, pieces of metal to to use for strings. Wow. Okay. But that was my first guitar, anyway. Yeah. So I I played with it a little bit, and uh, it kind of worked. Um, it got me started, and yeah. then I had a friend who already played guitar, and uh, he um, he sold me his guitar. Okay. So then I had a real guitar. I, okay. So. How old were you at this point? Uh, I think 14. 14, okay. Yeah. That's when I started playing. Okay, so there's still hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, there's always hope. Right. <laughs> um, but um, shortly after, I decided I really wanted to pursue music as yeah. a career. Yeah. And um, I spoke to my teachers. I was doing vocational school at that point. And for carpentry or uh, I was actually doing electronics ah. so electricity first and then electronics um, and I remember this teacher uh, he said like yeah no 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 no, you can't it's, it's, it's a, almost impossible because he had this friend of his and he did audition at the conservatory which is the official academy to do music mm -hmm. to get a degree in Holland and uh, he would tell me story. yeah because they said his hands were not good so that made me look at my hands and I was like, yeah, I don't know what's Right or wrong, so I just keep going at it. I don't care. Good, yeah. And anyway, I wanted to prove him wrong. <laughs> so he gave you the drive to to a degree, to, yes, yeah, okay. yes, yeah. So I started taking lessons at that point, and I said, 
I told my teacher, I want to go to conservatory. And uh, he said, oh, then in that case, you have to do classical guitar and you have to get yourself a classical guitar. Well, you were playing up until that point uh, acoustic steel string? Um, you know, actually, I think around the same time that I spoke to him, I went and bought a, uh, a nylon string guitar. Ah. Yeah, okay. I think so. And so, there was a, a guitar from South America, and I loved it. There was something about that instrument. I still have it. Nice. And uh, I thought, like, that was actually for like a hundred bucks. It was really special. Yeah. It was special because all the woods were massive, solid woods. There was no layered woods in them. Solid top, solid sides, solid back. So I thought, like, oh, that's actually a special instrument. So I recently saw it again. <laughs> it's actually pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. The frets stick out, and you hurt yourself all the time playing it. And <laughs> but, you know, first guitar. Yeah. Well, it will always have a place in your heart, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Okay, so so you eventually made it to conservatory school in Holland. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And did well enough to make your way to NEC. Well, uh, yeah, so I did my undergrad and my master's in uh, Holland. Okay. In those days, it was called performance degree and, uh, sorry, teaching degree and performance degree. Okay. And back in those days, in fact, you would get a higher paycheck if you had a performance degree. By the time I was in that program, they stopped that rule, so it didn't make a difference anymore. <laughs> but anyway, my point was uh, to get a performance degree because I wanted to perform and not just teach. Yeah, okay. And and so d d were there years in Holland where you were performing and teaching? Or, yes. Or, okay. I, um, in Holland, I had, for the longest time, I just did, just did uh, substitute work. So somebody would get sick or get maternity leave, and I would step in and take their students for three months, half a year, mm -hmm. sometimes just a week. And I would uh, perform um, uh, mostly with this with two bands. I had a Mexican uh, uh, mariachi band, mm. and we had regular gigs like once or twice a week. And then I had this big band with Berdine Stenberg, which is a Dutch flute player, oh. and she started to develop an international career. Uh, so we played uh, mostly Europe, and then we did uh, uh, the Polynesian Islands, Central America, um, what's one more? Middle East. Nice. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. So Remarkable. You, so you got to tour the world before you came to the U.S.? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, I did not know that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tend to forget it because it's in the past. I don't <laughs> do it anymore. And, and only recently, so actually, I came back here and um, I realized I want to be back in a band again. I want to be that kind of performer again. Mm. The mariachi band was uh, like playing performances or or playing like in restaurants like background music or it was um a mix, a mix we did okay. uh, performances uh, in the summer we did performances in a theme park and then we had restaurant gigs where we would walk around yeah and we did weddings and sometimes we did uh, uh folk festivals mm -hmm. um yeah it was a mixed bag and then the, but the flutist was more sort of professional in front of an audience always theaters attraction. always yeah. theaters always okay theaters. Yeah. yeah and you got to tour the world yeah so what drove you to come to the U.S.? Well, um, well my wife, uh, family, her mom and her sister live, uh, and her brother, live in America. Her brother lives um, uh, on the East Coast, yep. and her mom and sister live in Hawaii. And uh, we go to visit them several times, and then uh, her mom had applied for a green card for my wife years ago. And then we married, and she said, well, well, that's this application, but since we're married now, I should probably look into it and change it. And then she changed it, and a few years later we got this uh, this request to fill in the paperwork, and so we got a green card. Hmm. And uh, you have to visit America within a certain period, 
otherwise your green cards expired. So we organized a tour in America. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I'll tell you about the tour just a little bit because we started um, in Boston and then we went to New York, we went to South, North Carolina, Texas, uh, California, and then to Hawaii. No, uh, that's one more state. Oh, Connecticut. You were, was this part of a tour? Yeah. Performing? Yeah, piano and guitar. With your wife, okay. Yeah, yeah. Who plays piano, okay. So, um, and right before we were leaving for America, I got a phone call from Elliot Fisk because he found our website and he saw this piece that his wife wanted to play. Yeah. And so he called me and he said, Hi, this is Elliot Fisk. Um, I'm calling for Rob, Mr. Rob Beckers because I'm looking for this piece that you arranged for piano and guitar and I'd love to get the score. And, well, getting a phone call out of the blue from Alex Fisk, I was like, what? Um, so I was a little intimidated, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't have the courage to call him back, so I emailed him, like, <laughs> Mr. Fisk, <laughs> uh, it would be so wonderful to, to see you and maybe play for you. Um, I will be in Boston by chance this and this and this day. It was October somewhere. And um, then he emailed me back, said, gosh, I will be in Europe at that time. <laughs> So, okay, well, I'll be back then and then in Europe. And so our paths crossed a few times that way. And then I said, how about, since I have a green card, I come and study with you. And uh, he was just like, yeah, that's the most wonderful thing. You should come. It's, it's fantastic. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Um, just come and do the audition. Yeah. Yeah, so I did. Wow. Yeah, 10 years ago I came. Well, I think the audition was 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And he reached out to you first, so that's yeah. That's but for cool. different yeah. purposes. Well, yeah, yeah, but still, he made the initial contact. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Okay, so you come to NEC to do the audition. Obviously, you get in, but you already have a master's in performance and in teaching. Yes. So you, what, did you begin as a PhD student then, or um, uh, I missed? I failed to do the um, written part of the exam, uh, and so uh, I did the um, oh, what's that called again? Graduate degree, I think which is an extracurricular program at NEC. Mm -hmm. Two degree extracurricular, as in it doesn't mean very much. Okay. Um, but you can study at NEC and get this degree. Okay. And it gave me a chance to take writing and music and some other classes to get more comfortable with being a student again. Yeah. And also getting a bit more affluent, that's not the right word to use, but more fluency in writing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got into the program. In writing music? Writing mean? about music, yeah. Oh, writing about music, yeah. writing English words or, oh, right. or yes, yes. Sorry, yes. spoken words about music. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I know, or at least last I spoke to you, you were not composing. You're not. No, I, I, I dabble in, in composition, but it's a different thing altogether. It's yeah, really something yeah. that you have to, uh, well, dedicate your life to. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're strictly a performer. Um, you're in. You do the extracurricular. You get through that, and then what? What's the in inflection point where you decide to go for a PhD? Oh, that was my. Um, I always wanted to do the, the doctoral degree, ah, but okay. uh, since I didn't make it the first time, you I thought, okay, what are the options? I could just give up, <laughs> of course, or I could uh, hang around and develop the skills necessary and move on. Yeah, and move into the program and okay. that way move on. Okay, so you did the extracurricular. It takes what one or two years? Well, one year. One year. Okay, yeah. and then you're in the PhD. Yes. Four uh, years. Four years. Oh, yeah. not bad. Okay. Sometimes, yeah. uh, apparently, some people can do it in less. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, very challenging. Yeah. yeah. So you get the doctorate in guitar, mm -hmm. essentially. So you're a doctor of guitar. Um, 
in the meantime, I, I remember that, well, first I took lessons with you. I see, saw you play many times. Um, so you're gigging as you're doing the PhD. Yes. Um, and I, on some level, I imagine supporting yourself through that process. Um, yeah, gigging, teaching. I was picking up anything I could in the beginning because, well, this is a different country, slightly different culture, slightly different habits. Yep. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that many people. Elliot was incredibly helpful. His wife, Sarah, as well. They were always there to help me. You know, he gave me some off jobs here and there to do. And um, Who did, sorry? Elliot. Elliot did, okay. Yeah. yeah. And But in the beginning, I remember, uh, I was just in Boston, and I didn't know what to do, so I played in the tea. Yeah. So we get up at 5 in the morning, go to the tea, play till 8.30 or 9, and then go to school. Yeah. And... Um, uh, if anybody's listening, thinking like, oh, that's a good idea. It isn't. <laughs> um, the money is, 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 I guess, okay, depending a little bit on the repertoire you're playing. Yeah. But uh, it it's so intense and challenging that I, I had periods during my education I didn't feel any progress. Mm. And you want to focus on your studies, right? And I'm curious when you mention, depending on the repertoire, what type of repertoire would be better from a economic standpoint oh well accessible repertoire right requires yeah. uh, Alhambra uh, Asturias is a good one no bark unless it's maybe the air you okay. know okay or maybe maybe even Jesus Joy there's a few that people know yeah uh, but I would say play uh, good arrangements of popular music that's uh, probably the way to go yeah okay and well, if you can sing even better were people approaching you for uh CDs ever? Say, well, like here in the tea, that was the other thing. I was hoping to kind of like have get some attention of people that like wanted me to play for them. Never happened. Yeah. Sometimes people would talk to me, uh, but uh, there was one lady that wanted to do a, 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 a television production of people playing in the tea and I kind of stranded. And so, yeah, it's just there's certain uh, career paths that don't lead any further they're just like yeah. dead end streets well yeah except yeah. in Hollywood right Hollywood movies it what becomes in a movie you become rich and famous because someone discovers you yes and, well yeah. uh, anecdotally speaking this is my experience but uh, Joshua Bell did the same thing right he played in the, the um, New York underground there you go and uh, he made barely any more than I did yep and people just walked by him he was playing the Buck uh, Partidas yeah and so he did not get discovered <laughs> it was an experiment. E e even Joshua Bell. Yeah. Is, okay. I'm sure that some people recognize him. It's like, oh, wow. So that's his advantage. Nobody recognized me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you go from teaching, busking in the subway, um, performing. You're, you're, you were performing with your wife. Eventually, you get the, the PhD. Mm -hmm. um, so you become a doctor. Um, and where from there? So what's the next step? Is it? Yeah. Well, before I um, finished my degree, I applied to colleges and I got uh, a job at ah. Gordon College. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, I started teaching at uh, Social Conservatory right when I arrived in America because I applied while I was still in Holland. Mm. And uh, I had this dialogue with uh, Lorna, who was my boss for seven or eight years there. And um, is I said, it at Gordon or? This no. is Social Conservatory. So short conservatory, okay. And I said, yeah, you know, this is a school mostly for children and you, your qualifications are too high. So I had to write back, well, it starts with the children. So <laughs> I got the job. So. Okay. <laughs> so that lasts six or seven years? I'm still teaching there. Oh, you're still at self-short conservatory. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. And with children? 
Mostly young adults and adults. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They do have a very strong Suzuki program there. Yeah. But uh, I'm not Suzuki qualified, and I've tried to do that program, and it just never, I never was able to free up the time to do it. That's okay. Yeah. Do you think it's lack of interest? Or is, I mean, you would find time if you found it more compelling, or is it just... For uh, quite a while, I was very interested in doing it. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe deep inside me somewhere, <laughs> there was a little voice. Robert, maybe this is not for you. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the Becker's approach. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, okay. it's, I mean, maybe. You, you start working with children three and up, very young sometimes. Yeah. And it takes a special character. Yeah. So your students today are in, w in what age range? Uh, young adults, uh, uh, sometimes 10 years. I think the youngest ones are usually nine or eight sometimes, but yeah. from that age up. And mostly uh, above 10 and 12 years old even. Yep. And then some adults. And how do you, uh, is it enough to live on to, to just teach, or how do you supplement your income? Well, um, until uh, our recent uh, health crisis, okay. um, I was actually able to sustain myself quite well throughout the year, but the summers were uh, tricky because we have like these long summers in New England. Yeah. And, uh, well, teaching would stop, and I have never been able to um, continue summer school. So I never had students sign up with me and do summer school. So I would say, like, I'm going to travel. Uh, but this always resulted in having a huge credit card bill at the end <laughs> of the summer <laughs> that I had to try and catch up with over the next few months, right? Yeah. But um, so then COVID came, and then my teaching stopped altogether. Mm. I mean, I did some online, but I was spotty and not as successful. Mm -hmm. So I uh, picked up construction. Wow, okay. Something completely different. Yeah, but have roots with your father. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so you already knew, and plus you had some of the electri electrical vocational school background. Yes. So you yes. can you add that in with the. Uh, I don't do research? I don't do electrical. Okay. I just do carpentry, or at least not on the record. You're not <laughs> <licensed>. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. So so construction work. Now, what about your hands? Uh, obviously, you have to be careful with your hands. With yeah. Your, so I usually wear gloves, um, but I've been surprised that. Um, we don't do a lot of hammer and nail stuff anymore, right? We have the nail guns, we have screw guns. Mm. So there's a lot of strain on the system is taken away because uh, swinging a hammer actually is quite intense. Yeah. And when you take things apart, that, that's always the first step, of course. We use big crowbars. Yeah. And uh, if I have to hammer something, I, I take my time. Yeah. Because I see people banging those things and all those vibrations in your hands. Yeah. Uh, that will stiffen them up for a little while. But yeah. I have been surprised about uh, um, the combination that it's actually still possible to play guitar and, and do that kind of work. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the big yeah. challenge really is for me coming home and find time and energy to spend with my guitar for like another two or three hours. Right. Yeah. And is that what you're able to do? Or not, not everything. <laughs> that's the secret. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so on a good day, th even after a full day of work, you can do a couple hours of practice. Yeah, or sometimes I get up uh, at four and I practice now before I have to leave... Uh, Okay. That's that's I like that best because yeah. then your brain is kind of not uh, uh, well infected affected by different ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, so I like to do that best. Get yeah. up and play some guitar in the morning, and then I get ready for the day and yeah. shoot, scoot off. Yeah. Does that require a lot of caffeine? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. 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 Just You're requires uh, uh, getting in, in bed early enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so a lack of alcohol the night before, you can wake up early enough. Yeah, to, uh, yeah drinking require. doesn't help. Now, so you mentioned during COVID, some obviously for everybody, some of the teaching dries up. Um, you've have you tried to dabble in getting online in order to attract a following or of of either um, fans of the music itself or of students? I mean, have you done? YouTube, the Instagram, like how, how do you approach that? I, I had a YouTube channel and a website for the longest time, and um, there was a moment several years ago now that I fell out of touch with the whole technology part of it, and I just it didn't appeal to me anymore. I got tired of it. Mm. Um, but recently, I started to do a few videos. So that's like five of them, I think. There's um, a few classical ones, and the, the most recent ones were uh, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. And then I did Just The Way You Are and The Beatles, uh, Here Comes The Sun. Okay. And uh, those were really meant to, to get myself more gigs mm -hmm. and maybe students. Mm -hmm. um, and on YouTube, I don't have a strong following, but I also posted them on Facebook and I got like tens of friends requests on a daily basis after mm -hmm. those videos. Okay. And that gave me new uh, new drive. Like, hey, this can work. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the friends requests occasionally or... Did, so some of them have translated into students or no it's this is like four weeks ago now since the oh, last okay. video so and the, the requests have dried up now so i have to do another video i guess uh -huh. I, I don't think facebook is the best medium to find new students mm. i might think youtube maybe and my website for sure yeah because i can put more details on the website where i'm located and where my availability lies yeah so i have to now upgrade uh, my website and well, Instagram is a new thing for me, but that's something yep. that needs a bit of attention. Yep, yep. Yeah, I definitely see a lot of artists using Instagram. Yeah. Maybe more so these days than Facebook. Um, uh, I've been told Facebook is for old people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the, the parents keep up with their children, although they're, and that's, which is why their children are not on there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's next? What's the so, so more Facebook videos are next, and, and sort of try to build up a following. Yeah, and, short yeah. term, I want to really build the um, gigging career that I can use to play weddings and events. Yeah. It's bread and butter. I make the money that I need to well have a decent life, build, buy a house, all these things. Yeah, and then for the long run, I have a few projects. Um, I want to do a back CD. I have some ideas about transcriptions that I want to do. Uh, I still have a, a uh, perceptions of counterpoint CD that I still want to do. Uh, I'd love to get back into playing uh, in ensembles or uh, bands, orchestras. So, is there? You mentioned a box CD. Are there recordings available today of your? I know you back in the day you had recordings of you, you and your wife playing uh, duo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any? Are there solo recordings of you? I did a Pollute Fugue Allegro, Bachwerke von Zeitnis 999. I did okay. that one in Canada that was recorded. Uh, but those live recordings. Uh, I always shy away from those. There's always something. And this, the camera angles were just weird on that one. Okay. Too close up and <laughs> no, no fun. I okay. didn't like it. So I have to do this again. Um, I think there's something uh, more crucial to the videos I used to do versus the ones I want to do today. And only recently this happened because I had new photos taken of myself as an artist. Yeah. Um, and I used, I was always getting a little... Um, sense of anxiety when people grab a camera and take pictures of me. Mm -hmm. I was like mm -hmm. getting nervous and too formal. Mm -hmm. And this time I felt that's never worked because I never really liked those pictures. So now I'm going to just have fun. Good. 
just, you know, no shame. I'm just who I am. There's really nothing I can do about it anyway, so <laughs> why hide it? Yeah. And they, these pictures came out just marvelous. I love them. And um, that, I guess that triggered something in my thinking about recordings as well. Because then I look at all the recordings, I'm like, I'm very serious, I can't make a mistake. And of course, I don't like to make mistakes, right? But um, I think the uh, ultimate uh, element of playing, especially if it's uh, to present yourself for people, is your musical integrity and not so much the lack of mistakes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I, I would love to go out with uh, on, on this recorded on this podcast something that you've played. Is is there something in audio that we could of Robert or or, or do, we, or do we need to audio? wait? Who? Um, well, I guess what we could do is rip the audio of one of those pop songs. Okay. I mean that's uh, maybe a little off the beaten path for what Why not? podcast. No, is, yeah, no, no, we're, we're, I. I I have not. I, I love the idea. I haven't okay. done it yet, so it'll be new. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and of course, uh, keep an eye out for the, the next thing up because I will be recording classical guitar again. Nice. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But not with a serious intent, and you'll 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 record. No, warts very and all. serious, but not from a uh, look at me kind of serious. The, the music is going to be the focus, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if that makes any sense. Well, when I say not serious, I mean you won't. You, you will play with, uh, as you were describing. You you won't be consumed by uh, avoiding mistakes. You'll be consumed by letting the music speak, even Absolutely. if there are mistakes. Yeah. Yes. So yes. I, I like that. Well, the beauty of modern technologies is, even if I make a mistake, I could make a correction. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll edit that part out. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be one take. Um, that would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. it'll be wonderful. Yes. Okay, um, so we'll go out. So we'll we'll rip up a, a something popular, some popular arrangements. Yeah, let's um, take one of the recent ones. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do that. And uh, Robert, thank you very much. Well, this was very enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> so thank you. Good. Mm -hmm.